once again. Special welcome to everyone here this evening, especially if this is your first time at St. Mary's. You're always welcome here to make St. Mary's a spiritual home away from home, as you're here in Aguilin and Evelyn. So it's been an awesome weekend here. You know, I had the evening mass on Saturday, and afterwards, use a little scanner to get one of those green bikes and hurry over to Kyle Fields so I can make it for the second half. And you know, I don't really believe in coincidence, so I got there right in time for the beginning of the third quarter, and we started scoring more. <laughs> so, you know, if uh, Jimbo needs a Catholic chaplain, I'll be willing to sacrifice to be chaplain for the team, you know? I don't know about y'all, too. You know, uh, some of you are hearing me uh, before Mass. You know, or maybe not used to standing the whole game as the 12th man again after being off for a year. Some of you got to go last year, so maybe some of you, your, your dogs were barking after the game, right? Anybody here last week, you learned that phrase, right? <laughs> Anyways, that means that your feet are hurting. <laughs> All right, let's get into the gospel today. So we're presented with a man who is deaf and mute because of his physical limitations, which means, you know, back then he was closed off to society. He's closed off to his friends and family, closed off to being able to work, most likely closed off to even God himself. Because if you were deaf and you were mute, you couldn't communicate. There wasn't sign language back then in the way that we have it now, the language that has developed. So this man experienced great isolation and loneliness in his life. And, you know, I was wondering, like, what did he feel like to be shunned from society, even probably from his loved ones? What was going through his head of what was his purpose in life? You know, why did God create him? What is God's plan for his life as a deaf and a mute man back then? Now, before we move into encountering Jesus in our gospel, this man encountering Jesus, let's look at how this woundedness also relates to humanity, especially to us as young people in Aguiland today. Now, as we know at the beginning, in the very beginning, that God created man and woman in perfection. He created man and woman in his image and likeness. That he intended for humanity to be pure, to be sinless and without suffering. We know through the first sin that that is how evil and suffering and woundedness and pain came into the world through Adam and Eve. And ever since this first sin, that all of humanity is born into this what we call original sin. As most of you know, that's why baptism is so important, because one tiny sin of original sin, of a sin of man against God, a finite being against an infinite being, created a gap that was too wide for any mere human mortal to be able to cross, to be able to bridge. And so we were locked out of paradise, locked out of heaven forever. And so therefore it was so key that Jesus, God so loved the world, we're told that he sent Jesus to save us from death, to save us from being locked out of paradise forever. And so baptism is what cleanses this original sin and then gives us the opportunity to be able to spend eternal life with God, that those gates are open to us when we receive baptism because we're able to have the divine life within us, that we're able to have that opportunity to journey with God in this life and into the next. So although Jesus saved us from sin, my friends, and we know this from our own human experience, we still feel the effects of sin in our life. We, feel, we still have what we call concupiscence. Concupiscence is this inclination towards sin. It's almost that like we desire sin. And this is why we must deny this concupiscence in ourselves in order to overcome sin. 
and sickness and death, suffering, suffering and evil, and even work, the work of the land, are all results of sin. They were not a part of God's original plan for humanity, but as we know, they are now part of our human experience. You know, we experience this woundedness of sin from others and from ourselves. This sin brings us pain and suffering and isolation. It brings division and ultimately it brings death. Think about the own, your own pain in your life. You know, in your families, in your friendships, which have resulted from sin. You know, sometimes we blame God for it. I think if we're honest with ourselves, we search deep down, we can see maybe choices we made or didn't make how they have affected us, how they've wounded us or caused pain for ourselves or for others. And I recognize that some of you have experienced pain because of the sin of others, which is horrible to be able to see and to hear. You know, the pain of divorce, maybe from some of your parents, and the effect it's had on you or on your siblings, on affairs of abuse, of neglect, horrible. But in all of this, God does not want to see us suffering, whether it's our sin or the sin of others. But he allows it out of the respect of free will. But he does not desire it. He desires for us to find healing, to return to him, so we can live a flourishing life, live a life that's free from pain and sin. My friends, this is where Jesus enters into the story. He came to save us. He came to open our ears and our hearts to be able to receive his love, his mercy, and his truth. Now in our gospel, Jesus uses the word epitha. When he heals the man, and Epitha is Aramaic, so we know at the time when Jesus lived and where he lived that he spoke Aramaic. So this is the word Epitha, to be opened. So before this miracle and encounter with Jesus, the deaf and the mute man was closed off to society, closed off to others. He was in great isolation. And my friends, we know this is what sin does to us, closes us off to others, makes us look inwards, and hardens our hearts to God and to others. But this is the opposite of what we were created for. God created us for relationship, to be open to God and to others. We are made for humanity, humanity for community. So, for example, you know, here's sins that are very common among especially among young people, you know, sexual sin. You know, the actual desire in our hearts is a good, a desire for intimacy, a desire for love, to be given in love and received in love. That instead of giving and receiving that intimacy from God or properly in relationship with our friends or in the sacrament of marriage, the evil one tempts us and he points that desire inward. It becomes self-seeking, it becomes selfish, and it closes us off to God, and it closes us off to others. Or, for example, the sin of resentment towards people. You know, the, one of the hardest teachings in Christianity of forgiving. You know, when we don't forgive and we allow resentment and anger to harden our hearts, sometimes in our families or with our roommates or even sometimes our good friends, the effect of the sin causes isolation. It affects not only ourselves, but also some of those who we love most. All right, so if we look back to our readings today, you know, Holy Mother Church, she gives us the readings. So I'm not choosing the readings, Father Will, Father Andrew, they're not choosing the readings for each weekend. This is through the wisdom of Holy Mother Church, the Holy Spirit who's guided the church throughout the ages. And so what today, from our first reading from the prophet Isaiah, we see this connection with our gospel today. 
So in this first reading, we hear Isaiah telling the people that our God is a God who opens the ears of the deaf and opens the tongue of the mutes to be able to sing. This is coming years and years and years before Jesus Christ walked this earth. And so in the gospel, Jesus is purposefully putting his finger in the man's ears and touching his tongue in order to make this connection deliberately for the Jewish people who knew the prophet Isaiah so well. So that we who recognize this reading from Isaiah and also see it in our gospel, recognize that Jesus Christ is truly God. That the prophet Isaiah was speaking of Jesus. That he is a man who is also God, who was able to open the ears of the deaf and open the tongue of the mute. My friends, this is the great gift that Christ gives the church through the sacraments. You know, we are body and soul, and in the sacraments, when you hear the words, I absolve you of your sins, that's as if Jesus is touching your tongue or touching your ears with his humanity, his divinity, that touches your humanity. You know, that we have bread and wine that we can see that transforms into the body and blood of Jesus Christ. You know, we have the holy oils that you have a confirmation or at the anointing. You know, Jesus knows that we need in our humanity to be able to be touched by him, by his grace through the sacraments. Now we know that God, the creator of the universe, the one who made us, he wants to come into our lives. So God creates Adam and gives him the power of speech. And so to Christ, who brings about this new creation, that he renews each one of us, he gives the power of speech to a man who's never even heard of a human language. Now Pope Benedict reminds us that for this reason, the word and the action of epitha has been integrated into the rite of baptism. So if any of you are godparents or have little nieces and nephews, maybe not over the past year with COVID, but before COVID and now, there's a part during the rite of baptism where the priest touches the mouth and the ears of the newly baptized and says epitha, praying that the baby or the person, if they're baptized as an adult, is able to hear the word of God and then to be able to profess the faith with their tongue. Through baptism, the person begins to breathe the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus invoked from the Father and with a deep sigh in order to heal their deafness. And my friends, you and I, by our very baptism, we are called to speak epitha into the deadness of our culture, and the deadness of the lives of possibly your roommates or your classmates who do not know Christ or are not living a life for them. To speak to be open to speak Christ, to speak the good news to our roommates and to all those on campus at A&M and at Blinn. That is what we're called to by our baptism. And brothers and sisters, Jesus desires to free us from this isolation of sin and woundedness. He desires to speak epitha into our hearts and minds. And as we receive Jesus in the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist today, we are not only able to touch Jesus with our hands or with our tongue, but we are able to receive him into our very body. And the beautiful thing is, is that when we receive our Lord, he touches our sin and our woundedness of our interior life. And he cleanses them. He heals them. The Eucharist is not defiled by our sin, 
but instead purifies us and opens us up to God's mercy and his love. Jesus touches our humanity, which allows us to touch his divinity. This healing power of Jesus, my friends, allows us to be open to him and open to others, which then opens us up to eternal life, which is what we were created for, to be with God forever in heaven. And so, my friends, today and always, let the Lord speak epitha into your soul, so that you may be open to him and renewed by Christ. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.